2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support creative control on Patreon because I think long form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too.
2: To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Vish's wife and I will love him no matter what you do, and now he has me on the record saying that. Hip-Hop Evolution is a Peabody and Emmy award-winning documentary series that recently released its fourth season on Netflix. Originally on HBO, Hip-Hop Evolution is an unprecedented deep dive into the cities, scenes, and figures who pioneered the various styles and strains of rap music and hip-hop culture that so pervade contemporary music, arts, and culture today. I recently connected with Shad, Hip Hop Evolution's host and one of the world's greatest MCs, and Darby Wheeler, one of the show's creators, producers, and directors, for a conversation about where this series came from, its key moments and aesthetic, why it might be a vital and necessary document for hip hop, what's next for Hip Hop Evolution, and more. A part of the E1 Podcast Network with the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it. And make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com/slash creative control, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 527th episode of Creative Control, featuring Shad and Darby Wheeler from the groundbreaking Netflix series Hip Hop Evolution, with your host, me. Bishkana. We
1: make sure that there's order. We just follow orders. We just fill orders for more ballistics, munitions, equipment, permissions, provisions. We just design defense systems and ship them on time. Listen, my job is complying with city bylaws and minimizing innocent lives lost from my bosses, both at home and abroad. For instance, drones with a bomb can resolve conflicts, all while limiting high costs. So why not? Why not? All businesses strive to expand. Wars just provides us a chance to supply
2: demand. Uh, good morning, Shad. Good morning, Darby. Uh How are you, uh, Shad? How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm well. It's nice to speak with you, uh, as always. I, uh, Shad, you know I love you, right? I can just say that right from the get-go. Like, I I, I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, I love you too, beast. Okay, that's good. You know that's, I love you. That's a nice way to start. I think that's the best way to start. Darby, I don't love you quite yet, but I, I'm happy to have you on the show. How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing
0: good. No love yet, eh? That's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't just toss it out willy-nilly, you know? Have we ever... Yeah. <laughs> you got to earn it, right? Yeah. Have you and I ever really interacted? I don't know. I know of you. I, I don't know. If yeah. We've...
0: No, I don't think so. I definitely know of you, but no, I don't think I have. I try to avoid all uh, media opportunities, but I also know you're <laughs> you're uh, you've been around the scene and around uh, music stuff, which I have also. So, yeah. Surprise, we've never uh, crossed paths.
2: Yes. Well, it's nice yeah. to to finally uh, connect and have you on the show. Uh, I know that Shad is the host of hip-hop evolution uh darby what is your role in hip-hop evolution
0: yeah i'm uh director producer of the series uh jack of all trades as shad knows okay uh, for the series
2: <laughs> and shad if i is that if i is that a narrow description of your role you're the host do you have other responsibilities
1: no no, no. i'm the, i'm the host of the show that's that's it
2: okay all right
0: he's he's got uh, mad knowledge i would say also all, all types of things beyond hip-hop, but yeah.
2: That's true. That is true. Ooh. Yes, that's true. So let's, let's begin at the beginning in terms of hip-hop evolution. Uh, I want to go to you, Darby. Uh, yeah. Where did this thing come from exactly? Where did the conception of this series come from?
0: Yeah. So, uh, Banger Films, who some people know, they did, uh, a great Rush documentary, called Beyond the Light of Stage. Also, um, one that I really enjoyed was called Flight 666, about Iron Maiden. Um, and they ended up doing, um, Sam's Dunn and Scott McFadden ended up doing a, a, a documentary series about metal. Sam was a passionate metal fan called Metal Evolution. And at one point, it was pretty successful. They aired in the States on Beach, one and I think globally all over the different uh, platforms and channels. Um, and they had, you know, they're not hip-hop heads, but someone, had, I think, said to them, have you guys considered doing something like this for hip-hop? And so that's when I, they called me up. Um, I think at the time I was directing a pilot or producing a pilot for MTV in Miami, actually. And um, I had previously worked on the hour with George Straubelopoulos and that much music forever and CBC before that. So um, hip hop's always been in my, you know, world. And so they approached me and then I sort of just started to assemble the team. So as a concept, it was really just born out of that metal show they did, but Obviously it needed some some new hooks and different um looks. But yeah, that's pretty much Cole's notes uh um of how it all got started.
2: Okay, and, and Shad, how do you know Darby per se?
1: So I first met Darby through the Strombo show actually. So him uh he oh. interviewed me for that show. Uh, drove <laughs> down to London with me actually and like interviewed my dad and oh. uh, so I, I met him through that and I've heard about him and heard about his work. Um, and then him and Rodrigo Baskinan, who couldn't be on the call, unfortunately, they pulled me in for a meeting and they told me about the project. And that's how I got uh, pulled into this.
2: OK, now, you, I mean, we, we know that you have, have some hosting chops, Shad. You hosted Q. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you think after that experience that you wanted to get into hosting right away? I, I'm curious about that. So,
1: OK, so the timeline, <laughs> the timeline is funny. So, actually, when they, when they brought me in uh, to tell me about this project, that was maybe 2012. Okay. So, it, like, definitely predates Q time. So, so and yeah, then we actually sure. got the green light to do it sometime in 2013. So, long story short, we more or less finished filming season one before I started at Q. Oh, yep.
2: interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then... But publicly we thought, oh, they got the guy from this CBC show because yes. he's got the chops. But Darby, what yeah. made you what made you think Shad would be ideal as a host for this given that he's a, an MC, he's a musician, Ooh. not really Ooh. known at that point for being a, an interviewer or a host. Why did you think Shad would be good for this?
0: Well, you know what's funny is one of the big things was that he was a good MC <laughs> to be honest because if he was sort of mediocre it would have stunk to bring him out. But then also, um, you know, we also could have went the other route and got someone who, who was, I guess, uh, no disrespect to Shad, I think he'd uh, be okay with me saying this. Just had more chops and experience, but he seemed like a natural to me. Um, you've obviously been around him, yeah. Just carrying a conversation, personable, nice, uh, curious. That was always a big thing for me too. Um, but you know, we did have a we did have a list of people, but he always seemed to be the one that. Rodrigo and I came back to always because of, I think just his general curiosity, not a lot of baggage, you know, like there's just, you know, so it was easy. And then, you know, he appreciated music for me. That was big. I know Chad is very vast in his love of all, all genres. Uh, And that's cool. You know, you don't, you can see the big picture. So I think that would be my um, initial answer, just that approach. And then, For (laughs) just for meat and potatoes reasons, we needed a Canadian to host. Um, So that was a big part of it. Um, Because um, in Canada, as you know, I'm going to give some trade secrets out. If you have um, a a series or a film that's unscripted and you have a host who is Canadian, you can benefit from some tax credits. So, uh, right. And that, and that includes a director and producer too. So everybody, if that Canadian crew's all intact, then you can benefit from that.
2: Right. Okay. No, that all makes sense. The other thing that I think uh, to follow up on what you're saying, Darby, Shad has a certain warmth of character. Like before, you knew what he could do as a journalist, as a broadcaster, as an interviewer. I'm sure that resonated with you. Like he's got like a, a people warmth, if that makes any sense, right?
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny. We did this interview with him. I, I think I might still have the tape of it. Remember that chat we filmed you up at uh, Banger, in the, um, on the upstairs. I don't even remember. No, no. <laughs> it was. It's pretty funny. I saw like a photo of it too. I remember everything. So uh, <laughs> but that 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 was pretty funny. It was, but yeah, and, and that's sort of what we were trying to get from him. Just that natural. Yeah, I, I would say back it up and thinking about part of all the interviews he did there was that really came through you know i always remember curtis blow i always bring this one up but he wanted to like adopt shad because he was so (laughs) warm and nice and he had sons sort of around that age a little bit younger but yeah so but it was funny it was just like that kind of and curtis blow was like not that easy to get and interview because he was very particular about how we were approaching you know his life and his life's work and and also the culture of hip hop. So he sort of made us go in this room before and do this like pre-interview with him. And that was where, you know, that warmth and shad and just listening and, you know, letting him speak and, and be curious, really shone through every interview. But that one always sticks out to me, but yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that, that he's, you know, got that extra warmth that, you know, allows people to sit down and tell you, People enjoyed talking to him. How's
2: that? Yeah, no, that's fair. Shad, on that note, because it's hip-hop culture, because it's been co-opted by so many people, uh, misrepresented by so many people, can you recall instances, or were there many instances, I guess is really the question, where people were, like Curtis Blow, a little wary, a little skittish, to, to open up to you about this culture? Did you encounter that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say... In a lot of cases, Vish, because, and I'll I'll broadly separate maybe um, some of our interview subjects into two categories, but there's a whole category of people that never really got to reap the rewards of their hard work. And so what they have is their story, right? And what they have is their place in history. So I found that those people in particular were quite sensitive about well, how is this going to be represented? Are you going to get the story right? A- and that sort of thing. And, and that was a great number of people. You know, Unfortunately, with hip-hop, like that's, that's a lot of people. A lot of people didn't get their credit. A lot of people didn't get their due. A lot of people didn't um, see the money yeah. that, they, that they probably should have seen. So I think that was, that was fairly common. Uh, Darby can confirm or deny that. I think it was fairly common. One thing that put people at ease pretty quickly is how focused our show is on the music. Yeah. Yeah. And so once they sort of understood, we're not really we don't have an agenda and we're definitely not interested in gossip.
2: Right. Okay. So
1: and and not and not into the beef. So. So, yeah, I would say to answer your question, there was a lot of people that had (laughs) those concerns and they should have those concerns. But, yeah, those were some of the things that helped diffuse some of that tension. And then, uh, you know, if I can if I can bounce some compliments back to Darby, like. I think Darby, who was always there for the interviews, um, he knows every single thing about rap music and, <laughs> and and is very unsuspecting and low key about it. And I think that also helped put people at ease, you know, in conversation to know that, like, he would just casually drop to someone, "Oh yeah, I saw you in concert in 1986." Here, you know, and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, here's a release form," you know, and
0: and, and, and
1: I think I think that also helped just. be people understanding that uh you know this is coming from this isn't coming from i don't know what the word is hollywood or something and this is this is people that really love this music
2: yeah no and and that comes across in in the series uh darby on that note can you talk a little bit about how you got into hip-hop initially uh i know i know a little bit about shad's trajectory from our Mm -hmm. interviews over the years but uh can you yeah, just explain like it, Shad just says you 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 would kind of floor people by saying you you'd seen shows of theirs in the eighties. When did you right, get, yeah. when do you do you have a sense of that? When and why did you get into hip hop? Yeah, I think eighty
0: six would be the time. I'm dating myself, but I think um, I was really lucky. Shad knows this story. Like I grew up in a little. It's a peninsula actually called Erie, Ontario, and it's directly across the lake from Cleveland, Ohio and about 40 minutes from Detroit and Windsor, Detroit. So there at that, there was always amazing radio. I've been obsessed with the radio, you know, and you guys luckily have both been involved in radio. Yeah. I'm jealous. Um, but I've always been obsessed with it. I used to tape it, uh, all the time. There's a show in Detroit called the electrifying mojo Mm -hmm. who used to play like P funk all the way up to like, I think that's the first time I ever heard the message was on there and I used to tape, it. I think I still have the tapes and, um, was just drawn into that world. So that's where I started to go like, oh, what is this? So I'd tape everything. I'd watch the, sh- you know, video shows on a channel 62 out of Detroit and then eventually made my way over to Detroit To Now, according to people that I know from Detroit with some bad record stores, I wasn't really in the scene mm-hmm. as per se, but I was going over to like Northland Mall in like 8 Mile and getting um, – records that was where I started to do it you know it's so funny I remember even coming I went to Ryerson and coming and going to Toronto And my first year I came back from Ryerson I was really you know you know that young street strip for a while there had a ton of record stores that played a record and then even hmV was pretty great uh, for a while so and then Sam so I remember coming home and my dad like counting one day I'm like you know crashed out to 11 and you know a dumb 20 year old and during the summer i'm home and he's like come i go down for breakfast and he's sort of like so how many records did you buy this year and i'm like (laughs) uh you know and it was sort of his money i think at the time and he'd really helped me out he's like i think i counted something like 700 bucks and i'm just like well and so he was sort of bad at me for two straight summers and then i finally started to pay it back by getting a job in, in music journalism but it just makes me laugh so that's yeah the the big story is probably just that influence around where I grew up it was definitely part of uh, I feel blessed too because sometimes I find you know people in Toronto are a little bit east coast centric and people down in Detroit and even Cleveland they were into everything like too short ghetto boys so it's I was feel really blessed to be able to Listen to it. Have it around me.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Eight Mile in Detroit there, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking back on the uh, one of the episodes about the emergence of uh, of Eminem and all that footage you have of him in battles with Proof. Yeah, and how are you finding these things? There are things that are that, that, that there are things in this series that I've never seen before, <laughs> and I'm like a YouTube wormhole jumper right. or whatever. You know, like yeah. I'm always looking at stuff. How are you gathering this stuff? It's very fascinating.
0: Yeah, so that's just a really good team of visual producers and researchers. But I think on top of that, between Rodrigo, the writer, Baskin, and myself, and then we just geeked out and knew, you'd go be like, oh, did this person, who filmed what? You'd ask, I'd ask a lot during interviews too, Shad, like, hey, do you have any footage? Mm -hmm. Or we would be, you know, just finding names, like almost like, you know how people like would search IMDb, but you go through and find like, who's a photographer, who's taking pictures, who's yeah, doing that, yeah, yeah. and then just try to find them. That was always my thing. But I think for – you know, it's for me doing hip-hop stuff, seeing stuff in the past. I had no, I've i seen, I think, one of the footage that – some of the footage we used from Scribble Jam, is, which is a hip-hop, like, um, showcase that they had in Cincinnati. I don't know if they still do it or not. Chad would probably know better than me. But um, <laughs> that was um, – some of the footage we had at Eminem, and I always like, Oh, I remember he's at Scribble Jam. So you'd say that to the visual researchers, and she's they would just dig in, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, they they're they're great. I mean, shout out to the team there at, to, on Hip Hop Evolution. They it's sort of like you're like, Hey, what about this? Can you find this? And they're like, uh, Okay, and then they would. So we really were lucked out.
2: It's really a marvel. Um, Shad, mm-hmm. Shad, I think of mm-hmm. you as, as someone who consumes a lot of culture, and I wonder if you've ever seen anything like hip hop evolution because as Darby was saying, you know, Sam Dunn, other people have really dug into metal, other genres. I know I've seen some behind the music type stuff about hip hop culture. I've certainly read lots of books and and whatnot. Have you, can you think of any precedent for what you're, and I'm not saying this to get you to, you know, praise yourselves here, but Shad, was this necessary? Was hip hop evolution a necessary thing for the culture? Had something Uh, close to this been done?
1: A hundred percent. Like, everything you just said, Vish, was what I thought when Darby and Rodrigo brought me in for that first meeting.
2: Hmm.
1: Was, I've read great books about the history of hip hop. I've seen metal evolution. You know, uh, I've seen it done for other genres. You know, jazz, obviously. And I thought, one of the first things to pop in my mind was this hasn't been done for hip hop and and it needs to be right. And the second thought I had was that these two guys are going to do it really well. So yeah, you know, absolutely. It it needed to be done. It hadn't been done on film for some reason. Like you, you've probably read, uh, you know, Jeff Chang's can't stop won't stop and some of these other texts. Like they're, they're great books, but we needed that film document for the culture and we needed it soon because some of these pioneers, you know, they're not going to be here forever.
2: Well, what about experientially, Shad? Did you, when Mm -hmm. you signed on for this, like you you end up visiting these cities, you end up visiting Mm -hmm. these landmarks and obviously meeting with these pioneers. What is that like for you as both? The thing with you is you're a fan, you're a broadcaster, you're also an artist. And that's an interesting role to play here because you're picking up on some of this stuff is subconsciously probably seeping th- I think you and I talked about this the last time you were on the show. I imagine yeah. some of this stuff is seeping into your core being as an artist. Um, but experientially, like mm-hmm. you've got to block off time to make this show. How has that yeah. been for you? It's
1: been amazing. I always say we, we thought we'd make the first season. We, we had no clue mm-hmm. that we would get to make more. So even just getting to make the first season, um, I'll never forget walking around in the Bronx with Cool Herc. And just thinking, this is totally surreal, um, and getting such a deep appreciation and understanding of what culture is. Yeah, you know, hip hop, hip hop is the culture of of this small community of people. It's just the records that they liked. It's just what they like to dance to. It's just how they moved. It's just, you know, it's something so granular. And I don't know, I I got a deep appreciation for that. I got a deep appreciation for technology because hip hop is, it starts with the DJ. So it's, it's electronic music. And it's evolved as, as the technology evolved and to get a, 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 yeah, just a sort of a deep and detailed appreciation of that was really, really cool for me as an artist and just as, a, as someone that loves music. But so many surreal experiences, that one stands out for me for sure. But then to get to continue to, to, to make the show and to see some of the response from people, what it's become now is, is exactly what I would have hoped in the best case scenario, which is this is that document for the culture like I thought about in that first meeting. Where yeah there's it's, it's a bird's eye view there's a lot that we that we miss, obviously, but like it's this bird's eye view big picture look at how this culture began and how it's changed, it's like uh people seem to really appreciate that that exists
2: for sure yeah no I, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you there uh, darby shad mentions uh walking around uh with cool herc do you, <laughs> do you have f- particular freak out moments? In making this show, you're attending every interview. Oh, yeah. Like I know, I yeah. each one, but do, do, do any in particular stand out for you? Where you're like, I can't believe I'm here. First of all, I can't believe, like, I can't believe I'm walking by the dungeon. You know, like uh, in in Atlanta, like, <laughs> or I can't believe we we've, we've got you know Big Boy or whoever to be on the show. Like, do do you have those moments?
0: Yeah, respect to going to Outcast, because that definitely was one of them. Yeah, I think for me, there's a couple. I always remember one time. You know KRS-One? I'm not sure if you've interviewed him, but he's... No,
2: I never uh, have. I never have. And he's one of my... He's one of... Like, we had... uh, I mean, you would have had it too, but we, in Canada, we had much music. And in the early days, for some reason, they would play a lot of KRS-One videos. They would play a lot of Boogie Down production videos. Yeah. yeah. And and he was interviewed quite frequently too. So in a weird way... And I think he's taken for granted because we don't really talk about him enough, I don't think, given how how prevalent Mm -hmm. and prominent he was... At the time, um, and some of his solo albums still are some of my favorite things. So, um, but yeah, no, sorry, continue. You, you spoke yeah, with him, yeah. so
0: we and it was in Los Angeles. You know, uh, hopefully, it doesn't ruin everybody's perspective when we're trying to act like we're talking to him about the Bronx. But <laughs> and he, he's, a, I, I, you know, I was, I worked at much to back in the day. I can sort of tell you why he was on all the time because he had a really great relationship with Rap City's producer, and they, you know, and obviously he warranted it. But we uh, we were about to film him, and I was downstairs, and I think Chad and everybody were upstairs. I was getting him, and he's with his wife. And I remember being like, "Okay, I gotta tell Chris what we're doing because if I don't, he's gonna take it into, you know, his interview. He can really control yeah, an interview, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And and, it can, and so I'm like, listen, and I had, you know I sort of knew him from my past, and I'm like, Chris, like, can you? just focus on the beginning. I kept sort of going the beginning and he's in the elevator with me just laughing at me and goes, I got you. I got you. But I'm just like, no, but like seriously, just the beginning. And I kept sort of saying it to him and he's like got a big grin <laughs> sort of. And I'm like, is he going to screw this up for me? Like I only have so much time, you know? And uh, it's always so surreal to think that I'm like sitting there begging KRS one to focus for us. <laughs> but of all the interviews, I think if you go back and look at how he deals with stuff, I think it was very required, right? So, it, I was trying not to be heavy-handed, but yeah, it was so surreal. I'm just sitting there like, what a weird way to direct somebody! Like, don't talk about other stuff. You had to focus on hip hop in the beginnings, you know? So,
2: well, and to, then he, to, to, he, I, I just yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say to Shad's point, so many yeah. of these. Uh, figures maybe haven't had their stories told for one thing, so it's all kind of pent up, and they've been waiting probably right. to talk to talk and to be frank, they're rappers. They they can be verbose. <laughs> yes, they want to go. They want yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So they want to go, and I and I imagine that's something you have to deal with, like to keep people focused. And by the way, like the the other marvel of of this series for me is just the editing. I mean, I. I, I mean as a media person i i can, i know what it's like to interview people and uh i've made a few audio documentaries i know how uh, exacting you have to be and how much good stuff you can't fit in you know and all that stuff right. So I, I see that happening it must be there's there's got to be lots of stuff left on the cutter cut, cutting room floor so to speak right oh my god
0: yeah i mean that's one thing there's a treasure trove of some of these interviews we did, they had with three hours, two to three hours. So, yeah. yeah. And then they're in the, you know, they get chopped into whatever their segment are. But, yeah, the editors were from the beginning pretty vital to the show. Um, one guy, Steve Taylor, is, ter- I worked with him in the past, terrific. Such a, he's a real hip hop head. So, that gave him a lot of advantages of how to work with the music. And then he would, you know, we, did a lot of circles so he's patient with us especially me i guess is who i should say so um there's a lot of circles that happened in the process the first season was god it's just like how are we going to do this you know and we i think we went to a place and landed at the beginning of like sort of how we presented Chad and how it you know laid out and we at one point tried to change it and then we went back to sort of the original style of editing that we had did and then one of the big things that I wanted to do is bring people to feel like they were sort of there. So I have this, we have this technique called mini keys. So when you would see say Eric B or Rakim, you would see like we're talking about them with the Shaz talking about them or interviewing with Rakim. And then you'd see like maybe an old picture that you didn't know there is Rakim with a horn, you know, in school, so yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah. a little key. So you'd feel like you're like sort of there when they're talking about stuff. So that was sort of cool. I think that was always a goal, like put people in, not so much in the time there, but just to feel like it, even the way that we spoke about it and, you know, Chris edited it. So, yeah, I mean, I got huge shout out, not just Steve. There's a crew, a team of people who really made it all work. You know, they don't get enough props. Editors do not get enough props because I'll tell you why they're, The best thing in a project and they're also the toughest thing for a project because if they don't work out look out you know but when they work it's vital yeah i I always try to give love to the editors when i can
2: well this is something that i don't want to overlook generally throughout this conversation is that Mm -hmm. the look and beyond the fact that you know we've talked a lot about what you are doing and for hip-hop culture and and what hip-hop culture means to all of us i suppose but shad aesthetically can you speak Mm -hmm. on the look and feel of this series it is very vital to its success and i i'm curious and we can go back to darby as well i'm Mm -hmm. curious if you had if you have filmmaking models like filmmaking heroes like ideas around Mm -hmm. documentary filmmaking that you you know you're jumping off from and sir actually yeah yeah. Darby, darby can you speak to that
1: yeah, Dar- Darby would probably be better to, to to speak to that. All I can say is that one thing I'm really happy with that Darby and and the editors and everybody did is um, when I watch it, I just feel like it's fun. And I, yeah. I watch too many I watch too many music docs that aren't fun and it doesn't make sense to me because music is fun.
2: Well, it's and, it's, uh, it's and it's it's very animated. I mean, even just the establishing or B-roll shots of you walking around uh, cities or. You know, exploring, there tends to be a lot of these, and I, again, as someone who kind of knows how things work, these pre-planned shots of you supposedly saying hello (laughs) to people, the same way we did today. Like, hi, you know, we obviously said hi before we said hi. But I I, I see that as as being um, a model uh, and, uh, uh, you know, as as sort of a template, I suppose, of of where you want to go. So I'm just curious, uh, Darby, if you can speak to that. Like, is is there something you're springboarding off of in terms of people who have made this kind of uh, work? Do you have particular Uh, heroes? Jeez, I do. I'm not quite sure that
0: I tapped into them for this. You know, it's doc unscripted, so I don't want to take the air out of it. But it's not brain surgery in a way. (laughs) So, um, well, there's a there's
2: a there's a shot in in, there's a few shots like this of. City landscapes, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and they look like they're being shot by. Uh, these days, it would be like a drone shot, and I right, th- and right. I think those are little details. Like, I'm sorry, this is just the way I watch things now. Yeah, no, I appreciate I'm like, it. Oh my goodness! Like they made a point of saying, you know, we need this shot of L.A. Uh, from from the sky, and that's going to get us in. Like, I mean, lots of people do it, but to take the time yeah. to think, like, yeah, we need that. That's a little frill. That's a little perk. And I like it. Like, I mean, it gives yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. movement and scale. And I think that's important.
0: You know, it really makes me laugh a little bit. I was, you're just making me laugh because <laughs> I was talking to the DOP the other day, Martin Hawks, who filmed the majority of the series. And he's like, hey, I saw that shot that was just like, and it was like me and him randomly walking, like in New York. And I'm like, shoot that. And then one, the stuff that you see in season two, I think it's pr- like we have this whole shot of Brooklyn and we do these really long lenses of Brooklyn yeah we had we were on a friend the AC one of the assistant camera persons placed in Williamsburg on his roof and we literally filmed for five minutes and we got kicked off the roof and that's all over his five minutes of shots is all over that season so as much as yeah respect to him but I think sometimes I don't know stuff just lands and it's editing and yeah, we definitely had to get that those shots, but the stuff that ended up in this series, like even a hey Shad, remember the first season when, um, cool Herc took us on the top of the Andrew. Um, yeah, it's on, but- the, it's in the, um, Bronx, this huge building. And we're on the top of the roof. He's like, you want to get a good shot? And we go up there and you can look into Yankee stadium. You can just get these vast shots. Right. And, um, it's just being lucky and those kind of stuff landing. So, yeah, to say there there was this, like, great – I definitely did location scouting. I knew what we needed to get, but sometimes the best stuff just landed on our laps.
1: Well, I mean – But you – but I, I did observe, yeah. though, if I can add. Like, I did observe yeah. that Darby and, and Martin Hawks, the D.O.P., like –
0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: I cared about every frame, which is yes, kind yes, of like yes, as, a, yes. as a naturally lazy person that I am, I thought was really, <laughs> was really admirable, you know, because we're just shooting interview after interview and you could go the easy route and just put everyone in front of a mixing board in a studio and just shoot it. But like they actually cared that there was like variety that, the shots looked beautiful, that there was space. Um, every, There's a challenge, um, right? <laughs> it's, it's, a really challenge. Not, it's really not easy. And I and I and now I notice it when I watch other music docs that, yeah, it, it can be annoying. There's so many logistical things to think about that once you finally have your guest there ready for the interview, you might kind of skip over some of the details of making sure that the sound is clean, of making sure that yeah. this person is actually framed up beautifully and in a different way. Unique way for them. Um, so that's like the extra effort stuff, Vish, that I think you're talking about that really makes a difference and makes something feel like it breathes and has energy and, and life. It's, it is, some stuff falls into your lap, but I, I watched a lot of energy and effort get put into how stuff looks. Well, I mean... Go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I know you guys travel a lot. Shad, as a musician, you travel a lot. I've traveled a lot. But when I go into America, like when I cross the border in Buffalo or wherever I am, Detroit, I feel it right away. Like I feel it's a palpable feeling for me that I'm in a different place. And what I love about this series beyond learning about hip-hop culture is that I feel like I'm traveling with you. And like you're talking about Memphis and then there's just a shot of you visiting the Lorraine Motel uh, where yeah. Martin, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Uh, yeah. And I think, I feel like I'm with you. Like, I feel like I'm going on this journey with you about these cities. Shad, do you have that when you visit, like, the, Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. there, there's certain landmarks in hip-hop culture, certain, just the city, just Brooklyn. When you say Brooklyn, or you say bed or you say... Atlanta like you just for some of us that connotes hip-hop right away like when I think of those cities I think of rap culture rap music and hip-hop culture do you feel that when you get there Shad do you when you go into the states when you go into these places that have birthed hip-hop do you have a a, like a, a sense sensory sort of visceral feeling
1: yeah that's probably my favorite part of it is going to Oakland for a week yeah, and and just being in Oakland for a week or two and feeling the difference between Oakland and Houston and New Orleans, you know, being in Miami for a week and you're like, oh yeah, this is diff- this is different. You're, you're like, there's no way they would make hip hop like New York. If you're in my if you're in Miami, yeah. for a week, like there's just no way. And I love that. Um, that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Being in Detroit for you know a week, week and a half, and. Feeling and and feeling the difference. Um, Eating all Dilla's donuts. Dilla,
2: Dilla. Oh man, yeah, that's right. You go to the donut, the Dilla's <laughs> oh, donuts. Oh man,
1: yeah. I developed a. It was kind of. We stayed at this casino hotel, <laughs> hotel so already had this kind of like. I don't know, uh, beer and loathing in Las Vegas feeling to it. And then, and then I'm like Uber eating these donuts to myself, like closing the blinds. I got addicted to, uh, Uncle Herm's, uh, donuts pretty bad while I was there. But that's part of the experience too, right? Like I'm just, you know, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, man. And, And I don't know if we have the same regionality like that in Canada. It's not quite
2: the same. Like
1: it's not as extreme to me as, uh, what they
2: have there. Yeah. Like, I'm, I just moved to a different part of the country and I'm living here now and I feel it some days, but it's also just feels kind of the same. I mean, I'm yeah. familiar with it, but yeah, I just, there's some, I don't know, it's psychological for me on the one hand. On the other, am I right? Like, you cross the border, it feels like a totally different place. Like, it feels different, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, and then you go to the different cities and it feels different. Like, I had never really been in Miami. And I was like, wow, this is the opposite place of Toronto. Like, is-
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, we all come to uh, certain eras of hip-hop or certain figures, and we have certain um, expertise, we have certain biases. I'm curious about surprises for both of you, because I, I know you're you're teaching us, uh, the viewer, about these cultures. I assume you're learning things, you're having your minds blown, like you had probably notions of what things were like, and then you're talking to people who are kind of blowing you away. I don't know if we should just home in on the, the latest season for this question. Maybe that's the way to go because it is where, what are we four seasons in right, right now? Correct. Yep. So let's, let's go with the four season, the latest season, which is available now for everyone listening on Netflix and um, Darby. Are there yeah surprises? Were there surprises in the four season in terms of things you learned? learned? Um, things people said they were like, Oh, my goodness, that's not that's the opposite of what I thought. Did you have that?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. I do. The thing that I notice every once in a while, I'll get on a wormhole of looking at how people commenting about the show on, online, and no one knew Pharrell wrote Rump Shaker, which to me, I'm so surprised people didn't know. I was just like, how do you not know that? I thought that was just common knowledge and musicdom, but no, that took me, me, that took me back. That, t- that took me wow. back a little. Bit. Well, yeah. I
2: forget you. Keep in mind. I mean, that's going back what twenty yeah, years. Yeah, it's true. Like you, It's a good point. We, you yeah, kind of yeah, just yeah. forget what pe- and and it was a production role. So yeah, yeah. I I you have to forget. Well, no, us. Wrote, for- he wrote
0: he wrote the the rhymes. No, that's for, for, like, for but Teddy it too. was a
2: background role, is what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah. saying is, yeah. give us a break, Darby. What are you doing? Come on.
0: We can't <laughs> know. We can't know everything. That was this, I, I've always yeah, it's true. I always take it there. For me, I think. Um, <laughs> my you know it's funny for the biggest surprise for me was the influence of master p and those guys in new orleans was big i know like everybody thinks about cash money and Mm -hmm. but just when we talk to people in the city they about p and the hustle and you know he sort of awoke a bunch of people who were maybe stuck in balance in a genre that they knew is getting older and sort of always identified with their city but he came in and he sort of had this, he went to Oakland and learned this business and he comes back to New Orleans and it's just like, I'm taking you, you and you with me. So I was always, I'm really surprised on just sort of his influence in the city. That's a big one because I think when I was at Much and I, at the time when he came out, I was a bit like, uh, what is this stuff? You know, I didn't get it. Yeah. And now I actually even appreciate what he was doing now because I dug into the, we dug into Bounce and where that came from and you're just like oh now I see why he sounded like that why it's like you know and why he had soldiers and it just all started to make sense yeah I think P was a big surprise for me the funny thing about Pete too just like thinking about your your question from before and Chad talking about us being Canadians he was the one that sort of tripped up to me on the most And we interviewed him he was just like can't believe you guys are Canadian. Why are you doing this? Right? Like, you're just funny. Yeah, he's just it would crack me up. But yeah, I think he and his influence. For season four, that would have been one of many for me, I think. I learned a lot of stuff filming that one.
2: You would think Master P would be more in line or appreciative of Canadians, given that he was almost a Toronto Raptor.
0: Yeah, he actually even filmed up here a bunch, he told me, too. He does get it, but I just think when you combine hip-hop and that, you know, it's just like, what? What's well, going on here? Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, th- that that's a fascinating aspect of the story, actually. I never even... that The, the fact that you are this Canadian crew mm-hmm. coming down to the U.S., did, do people there talk to you about ovo and drake and assume like that's where this is coming from or like is i'll that...
0: let chat answer this one yeah i'm just yeah, curious
1: uh, well one thing i noticed vish that was uh interesting was it was the first time well talking about the drake uh, influence is like going down there and saying yeah we're we're from canada we're all based in toronto and people being like oh cool <laughs> uh, right Right. <laughs> that had never happened before. Right. No. <laughs>
2: so that's like definitely like a Drake uh a Drake thing, but um they've got to be they yeah. they've got to think something's going on here. We had the Rob Ford Mayer thing. I mean, yeah. you filmed oh, most that of that was big. That right? Was big. And you yeah. filmed you filmed most of this I uh, the the current season, I assume before the Raptors won the championship, but the Raptors are uh, you know a, a dominant force in the NBA now. Like they must be like, "Wait a minute." Like that stigma is going to be, I bet the more you go down, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, cool, Toronto. Like I, that's that's going to be the, the shifting away from hokey stuff to Drake, Raptors, cool stuff. Like maybe yeah. that's just going to happen.
1: Yeah, and I think another part of it too is a lot of the people that we filmed, you know, they've had some success. They've traveled the world, and they're actually interested in the world.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right.
1: I, I, I think probably Donald Trump being elected has some, effect on their view of canada too a positive view of canada of like oh yeah they'd never do that you know <laughs> well we might <laughs> to be honest you know you know what i mean like they they're they're like yeah like this canada is cool we've been there we've met the people uh we've learned about the society a little bit and we actually like a lot of things about it and yeah. so and then uh, yeah i do think the drake drake's ascent has has changed things people like a lot of people for the first time that I talked to down there were like, Oh, you're from Toronto. Cool. Like what's going on? Tell me about it. Right. Um,
2: and, and so, yeah. and so to follow yeah. up on the other question, Chad, in terms of surprises in the four season, what kind of blew you yeah. away? The way, you know, Darby was talking about master P what about you?
1: I think for me is probably getting a better understanding of, of Atlanta as a city and its history. And and suddenly something clicked about how they've managed to be so successful and become basically the center of hip hop now like you can see this is going back to season 3 a little bit but killer mike starts that episode talking about the history of Atlanta and like just the history of black success there and entrepreneurship and you know that's that's the black mecca really in america and just being there on the ground and getting a feeling for how yeah there's 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 a kind of positivity and optimism in that city, and suddenly something clicked. I was like, Oh, yeah, of course they were going to take over. Like, once they actually had an interest in hip hop, like, they didn't, they just, it wasn't their music. They didn't care about it for a right. long time. Right. But once they did, it was on. It's like, Of course, Atlanta's going to take over. There's just um, such an optimism there, such a spirit of like collaboration, and just this history of success that made, I'm sure, made things feel very possible for people there. So that was a cool that was a cool revelation for me just about that city and uh, and about how they've managed to be so successful in hip hop. It's kind of, yeah, I just realized like, Oh yeah, that's, that was a foregone conclusion.
2: Yeah. This relationship between mainstream pop and, and, and underground hip hop in all of these cities is really fascinating because you have these characters like Babyface and LA Reed and, and Jermaine, oh. Jermaine Dupri sort of, a st- you know, going down to these places or, or trying to, you know, figure out what's popping there and then what that seems to do is is it it brings the underground up um so that outcasts can emerge out of this what's going on in Atlanta. Like they've got like, you know, whoever, TLC and uh, these people are kind of coming up and then that that's a like the entrepreneurship aspect. Darby was just talking about Master P. It's a it's Ooh. fascinating to me. And I guess I know this as someone who follows hip hop, but to see it on in this in this series the significance of entrepreneurship in this culture uh, is really fascinating to me. And I I think, to me, that's one of the big surprises, just how often you end up talking about business models and, you know, mixtape culture, uh, giving away uh, 60,000, you know, selling 60,000 records out of the trunk of your car. Um, Right. That's fascinating. Darby, I mean, you knew this, but this stuff must be, I feel like there's an instructional aspect to this series, if you know what I mean, an educational aspect. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think a lot of that comes from people not getting hip hop in general. Um, and so people who were in the industry had to think of different platforms. Obviously, LA and Babyface had a, they moved to Atlanta and you had a little bit of a structure. You know, they were, you know, had a label support behind them. But think about even P again. Like he did 20, what did he do? 24 five records in that year, like one year. Yeah. yeah. So just to do that, I think it comes down to a lot to, of the, you know, bureaucracy of music and the music industry, not accepting rap as a real thing. And obviously that's changed and it was sort of, they're slow to the game. So these entrepreneurs had to think differently. It's sort of what, you know, we did, we ended season four with uh DJ drama and sort of the, stuff he does with Wayne him and Don Cannon with their mixtapes and they were just thinking outside the box and it was really driven by the artist being like, hey we can do this it wasn't always legal but that's what hip-hop was up against. They had to push you know the system to shake the trees to get people to listen and be into it you know what I mean And yeah. then when white folks get into it then you know it takes off unfortunately but sort of the way it worked in all of hip-hop if you trace back that's sort of the yeah, everybody. They're thinking, you know, DIY always, and then eventually the system catches up to them.
2: Yeah, no, and that's <clears throat> unfortunately the racism and the hundred uh, you know, yeah, percent police. It's all part of yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. I want to ask one final question in a couple of different ways. Um, because I want to ask about the future of the series and, and, and what's coming up next, if there is one. So I guess first of all, let's very short answer, Darby. Will there be another season of this? Do, do we know? That's yet?
0: a good question. I don't know. Um, we had um, I actually got a, an email from Bangers, uh, the guys at Banger, saying, "Hey, we're looking into doing more." And you know, we're down. I think Shad's probably down. It's I I am into. How we approach it is always we had writ we had actually written it already. So it's sort of waiting in a way. And the way we ended the series sends you off, obviously into the technology being a huge part of how people get the music. Like just like we were just talking about, that thinking out of the box and how yeah. people are getting. So it's all there, but yeah, the short answer is I think we're just waiting for Netflix to go, hey, you wanna do more? So but um Yeah, so I don't really have a good definitive answer for that yet. Okay, well,
2: that's fair. That's logistical. Maybe
0: we can start an online (laughs) tradition.
2: Shad, I I know you probably know where the plan for the next season is going to take you. Where would you like to go? I mean, beyond what is in the works already, where would you like to explore? Uh, What cities, what figures that you haven't yet Uh, yeah what what do you want to do because i i for me okay Mm -hmm. here's a white whale for me and i don't know why it can't happen Mm -hmm. it seems like i always get close but i i really like the beastie boys that's just an example of a big popular thing and i'm always trying you know and i can't get them i'm sure you've had i can tell where there are gaps where you're like we're going to talk about you know compton and the chronic we probably should want to talk to dr dre but you're not going to talk to dr dre because you can't get dr dre probably right i mean that's we got really
0: close to him though you know it's not to butt in here but you did you did two examples that is funny to me that i it's like the two examples in the series that i sort of go like well so dre was down to do an interview but they were doing the defiant one yes so right he yeah so that actually uh he got Bosch, but yeah we, we he was going to talk to us and then what happened when we filmed uh season one with the beasties was it was right around when out of the had died so right they were in recovery mode and nelson george who was one of the producers on the first season is really close to those guys and he approached them and you know and said this is going to be a really awesome series they'd already interviewed Herc and stuff and they were just like you know thanks but at this point yeah it just wasn't in the cards right so those two
2: that's interesting huh? that you use those examples I touched because, upon those two yeah
0: yeah there's other people that obviously what end up happening to us in the series at the closer to the end is people are doing their own docs so they were a bit like we're doing our own thing like Lil wayne's an example right and anyways i i, I hijacked your question no 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 it's so funny that you said those two well those, i usually don't uh, care, but it's just weird. No, no, I I, <laughs> yeah.
2: I I like to talk to my my favorite people. That's part of yes. Yeah. That's why you guys are on the show. So I like to <laughs> I like to talk to people I admire, and 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 so yeah, th- that's just an example for me of like someone I've always wanted to talk to, Shad.
1: Well what well, well, Let me just jump in for
2: a second, Darby. You were you were close mm-hmm. to getting Rick Rubin too, right?
0: Yeah, I was literally had him booked in the morning yeah there's lots of these kind of stories i had him booked in the morning in malibu i was sleeping at comedian russell peter's house oh and they live they're like neighbors and i'm getting up and we have the crew and i get a call from heidi his agent or manager and she's like uh we can't do this morning because kanye west wants to go in and uh do some more vocals <laughs> this is for Jesus, i think right? oh wow and i'm just wow. like oh man and then i tried to set it up again and it just never happened oh man so. what about what about <laughs> what about kanye yeah do we try to get to kanye yeah i think i did See, oh. chad knows this about me i'll do like weird ways to get to people because i know in hip-hop it sometimes works that way yeah, yeah, so totally it's not like calling the label i know that you're supposed to do that but whatever um i um <laughs> i would <laughs> i would try to um you know, if it's his, his, his best buddy or, you know, hilarious when I think at one point we were trying to get to Andre 3000 through his good friend as his weed dealer. like oh, nice. That's as, that's as crazy <laughs> as he sometimes got. Yeah, sure. But that's but how, yeah, that, that's how it works. Kanye, if you go back and, um, you know, it's funny. I had a meeting with, um, Snoop Dogg's production company a couple weeks ago. And I, the guy who runs it, I'm like, He's like, oh, we love the series and it's so great. And I'm like, yeah, I, if you probably go in your emails, I probably tried to email you like 10 times to get Snoop. <laughs> and he's like, in the first season, right? And you got him. And he's like, oh, yeah, we ended up getting him. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of a show improve with him, I think. So, but yeah, so we would always do. Weird thing, Shad knows this, but yeah.
2: Well, that that yeah, that understand. kind of that kind of uh is the reason I'm asking this question to Shad. Yeah. It was originally Shad for Jackson. Shad, <laughs> <laughs> but my Sorry about no, that. no, no, it's not. It's fine. <laughs> but my point is, uh yes, th- to your point, Darby. Like the show is so established now, and the guest list and the interview list is so impressive, you might have more luck getting the the, the white whales, the people that you just missed, uh, if you can revisit those stories. So. perhaps in keeping with that chad where what would you like to explore who would you like to speak with is there anyone that comes to mind
1: yeah again the technology thread i think uh is is one that i would like to follow you know the soldier boys and and what they did on youtube and uh also i might be wrong on this but i think soldier boy was one of these first people that like in the days of downloading uh illegal downloading you know you're Post Napster, but like LimeWire and that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of the first guys that would tag a song like Nas featuring Dr. Dre and Bone Thugs and Eminem, and you know, and then he downloaded and it's just him, you know. Uh, that stuff. I think Lil B is fascinating as Absolutely. far as technology yeah. goes. You know, um, I think. Well, Wayne was maybe the first, but. know people were trying to make their illmatic after illmatic they were trying Mm -hmm. to make their you know their masterpiece and then these guys broke the mold by kind of being like or you could just make stuff you know and right and it's cool so i i think that technology thread is is one i would like to follow just because i think that's just fascinating and, and probably the truest sense of like how the 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 culture evolved but really vish i trust uh, darby and buns and 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 however they want to uh
2: yeah no sure
1: however they want to tell tell the story no, but just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of who i would want to see in it I, I just think some of those people and now we're getting into micro eras of the internet you know soundcloud that gave a whole uh, generations maybe like too generous a term but kind of like this sort of micro generation of artists that came out of soundcloud yeah or, yeah, I think the technology continues to kind of dictate auto autotune and the way that changed rap. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Big that's, time. That's
2: Darby, is this news to you what Chad's saying? You sound no, like...
0: no, no. What about you, Mish? What do you think? What would you like mm. to see? I'm always curious. Not to throw it back at you, but yeah.
2: Well, I mean, from a Canadian perspective, I feel like there's some I knew you are
0: gonna say that. That's why I asked.
2: Well, it is it's it's true. I think there's some potential there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously you've got one of uh, the the country's greatest MCs as your host, so you have a slight conflict of interest. But <laughs> but well,
0: the- I actually take that legitimately. For I take that serious to me in a way. Like, how do you present that is a little bit unusual. So well,
2: I just but- like from my perspective when I was coming up and and the underground hip hop that I gravitated towards in the '90s was actually mostly coming from the Maritimes. Um, Right, Uh, And so it's fascinating to me that that's not a story that we really know that much about. And again, probably the appeal for it might be limited, but you have this great luxury uh, with your series of shining a 15, 20-minute segment uh, as part of some, I don't know what you would call it, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but just underground, perhaps that's an episode. Perhaps it's a global (coughs) episode where you kind of home in on, the hip hop scene in Finland that we don't know about, or the hip hop scene in India that we don't know about.
0: Well, India is exciting, you know, like it's funny. There's, yeah, I think globally too. It's weird. That's attractive to me because I think that at the essence of what's going on outside of North America is, and maybe outside the UK is sort of like, hip-hop as an activist as a platform like it's sort of that old school flavor that it has like in colombia or uh yeah you know yeah other even in china i got a couple emails from these chinese kids who are saying you know like we're really going at the system with hip-hop it's exciting right so
2: and and i think that that
0: stuff excites me more than even technology stuff a little bit because
2: yeah it's the platform and, right yeah yeah and i think there are some examples uh of prominent american or north american hip-hop artists who realize that who rec- who try yes. to integrate other cultural figures or styles into their own stuff and maybe that's an again now i'm just producing a segment for hip-hop evolution and i don't mean- i
0: like it though i'm curious See, my, okay if i was gonna pull it apart though i and i hey respect to the maritime shout out to those guys because i'm with you i like that stuff too i got a ton of 45s and 12 inches of that stuff down in my basement but i think for us sometimes it's like tough like do you do that because if you're gonna do canada to me it all sort of ends and adds up to drake so how do you get there right and that's how you try to that's how we always approach it it's like the peaks and how do you get there someone could school me but i'm not quite sure how the maritimes plays into it but that's that's just it i mean there's stuff
2: about the uh, you've tackled the dirty south from so a couple of different angles now um, right. throughout the yeah, series yeah. right so to me yeah. there's just like there's got to be some entry points into these other anyway again I don't mean to be I presumptuous you, you asked me I'm telling you what I thought that's it yeah there's something there I don't know what it is I don't know if there'd be interest <laughs> in it we we unfortunately as, as Canadians we sometimes who make things we end up discovering that the stuff we make about America uh, is going to resonate more than the stuff we make about Canada. And that Canada, stuff. yeah. I yeah. find that frustrating as someone who lives here and, and wants to shine right. light on stuff. Like anyway, it's true. That's, that's not here. Nor there. So for those who don't know, Hip Hop Evolution is available on Netflix uh, around the world. Uh, where can people go to follow the show and the series? Uh, is there a place in particular, uh, Darby?
0: I would just go on Netflix because our Twitter present is... Go to Shad K Music. I think at Chad K music, he will always keep you up to date. Um, Chad is a social media monster, as you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Sorry, he he loves some, it. I know it's he...
0: some fun with them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know he loves it. I know he loves doing yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: I would say that, you know, and then um, we, yeah, that's, it, there is uh, Netflix is your best bet though, because, it's a funny world when you're in the, the algorithm and then on Netflix that uh, they basically just put the show up. There isn't any real big press except for, you know, people like you, who are reaching out, <laughs> and uh, there isn't. It's weird. It's a bit of a funny thing. I remember when the first, se- or the first season went on there. Shag can back me up on this. You're sort of like, oh, it's just coming out. Like, what are we doing? It's sort of my <laughs> pass. I'm freaking out. And then it's on there, and you're just like, "Whoa, that was sort of wild." People are really into this, you know. So, yeah, yeah go to the platform. It's always going to keep you up to date. I think.
1: Uh, but that's that's that dark genius of um, yes. Netflix, right? <laughs> like wow. they don't they don't need to promote because they're like, we know you better than you know yourself. Yes. And if you're going to watch <laughs> yeah. the show, we're going to put it in front of your face. And, yes. Uh, well, as soon as you open netflix you know nice. it uh, tells you a lot about yourself true. eh
0: that when you do that when you look at what what's recommended for you you're like oh wow i'm sort of dark <laughs> 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 it's true What's a lot of show about drugs and crime
2: <laughs> uh before we go shad anything you want to add any upcoming uh, uh events or anything else going on with you um
1: not really. I'm uh, just working on new music for now, so I probably won't be touring until that's all, all done, but hopefully later this year.
2: Okay, so again, to yeah. follow you and learn more about the show at Shad K, is that right? Or? Yeah,
1: yeah at everything, all my handles are Shad K music.
2: Shad K music, okay. Well, Shad, Darby, this was a pleasure, and I thank you for making uh, Hip Hop Evolution, and I thank you for your time, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thanks again. Thanks, yeah, Good look Thanks,
1: it out. we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Get it, got it, good. Got uh, get it, got it, good. They can't kill us because they can't see us because they only see. Get better. it, got it, good. They can't kill us because they can't
2: see us. Very, very special thanks to Darby Wheeler for making his debut appearance on this program and, and also to Shad for returning to the show for this the 527th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and and also on Spotify, YouTube, AudioBoom, everything. All of the platforms, it's there. If you look, it's there. Creative Control is there for you. However, if you can't find a particular episode that someone told you about and it's not on any of those things because it goes way too far back in the archives or maybe you're just looking for more information about me or to sign... To sign up for my semi-regularly scheduled newsletter. Well, all of the stuff you would need is on my slightly updated... It is actually vastly updated. It's a very updated version of my website, which you can find at vishkana.com. So go there for all your vishkana.com needs. Also, like Creative Control on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter, at creative, or follow me directly, at vishkana. Also, please... Visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And again, there is now a $6 and above tier for uh, those of you who wish to access exclusive content uh, from the uh, from my personal archives. It's not; It really doesn't have much to do with the show at all, except that I've been doing this a long time and I have some stuff. So again, $6 or more. Uh, gets you access to that stuff. Go to patreon.com/slash creative control. And if you don't even want access to this stuff, it just supports the show, which I appreciate. So thank you. Alice, speaking of thanks, thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts, all businesses in Ontario, Canada that support this show somehow, even though I moved to Alberta. I don't know how they're doing it. They just they, they provide in-kind support all the way across the country. It's remarkable, frankly, and I thank them for that. Also in Ontario, Jim Guthrie. Jim is my friend. He lends me music sometimes for the show. Uh, You're hearing a bit of it in the background right now, and you can hear more of it at jimguthrie.org. Finally, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show and for listening to other episodes of the show and potentially even subscribing to this podcast. It means the world, and I appreciate it. So thanks for doing all those things. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye for now.